0: Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelik, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Okay, Hoshana Rabbah. Alright, so what Hoshana Rabbah means in Hebrew is the great salvation. So, what the Jews will teach, and we've talked about it with Rosh Hashanah and those of you who bought the, the book You've probably read it a thousand times, so I'm not going to beat the dead horse here. But on Rosh Hashanah, the, da- the gates to heaven are opened. Right. And on Yom Kippur, the gates to heaven are Close. closed. Now, one of the other things that, that the Jews teach um, that comes from Isaiah is on Rosh Hashanah, the verdict is handed down from God. So if you remember when we were talking about the king in the field, when the king would leave the fields, king of Israel, to go back to the palace. The only ones that were allowed to go through the gates with him or join him for Rosh Hashanah were those who were invited. Okay? So, what the Jews teach is on Rosh Hashanah, the verdict is handing down. God says, I'm handing the verdict down because the gates to heaven are opened, and the only ones that could come through the gates are the ones who were invited and the only way to get invited is the verdict that was handed down on that person is not guilty because he paid the price. So you are not guilty. That's Rosh Hashanah. Now, interestingly, we enter that Jewish season of the 10 days of Awe, right? Yamim Noraim. In those 10 days, the Jews are fasting. They're praying because... After that, on that 10th day, the high priest is going into the Holy of Holies, right? The scapegoat is chosen. One is killed on behalf of the high priest. The other one is sent into the wilderness on behalf of Israel. The bull is sacrificed at the brazen altar. And now it gets real because this is when Israel is going to know, where do we stand with you? Where is our relationship? So the Jews would teach that's the day that the verdict is completed. Yom Kippur. Kippur. So Rosh Hashanah, the verdict is handed down. Yom Kippur, the verdict is completed. Now we come to Sukkot. Right? The Feast of Booths. Alright? It's about celebrating the oneness that we have with Hashem, with God. It's about that intimacy. It's the rehearsal for the wedding night that we're going to have when God takes us into the bridal chamber. Okay? And, and, when we come to Sukkot, this is when the sentence is carried out. You see, so on Rosh Hashanah, the verdict's handed down. On Yom Kippur, the verdict is finalized and the sentence is issued. And on Sukkot, the sentence is carried out. So, Let's talk about the Messianic implication here. Rosh Hashanah begins. The gates to heaven are opened. The church, it says that a cloud of witnesses will descend with the sound of a trumpet. And in Revelation chapter 7, the angels hold the four corners of the earth, everything at bay. The 144,000 are sealed. All of the saints are brought up. From the earth, from the seas, wherever they are, and they're joined with the great cloud of witnesses to witness the signing of the sealing of the hundred forty-four thousand, those young men and women that have just been bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah that had just come of age to make the rational decision as to whether or not to follow Jesus as the Messiah. Okay, that's when the verdict is handed down. Now you see why. It's important for us to understand that when Sukkot comes, the sentence is now carried out. Where are we? We, at that moment, when all hell is breaking loose on earth, we are already with our bridegroom in heaven. We don't know what's going on. Because in Sukkot, what he does is he says, now you're going to come to me and I'm going to protect you. You're not going to see that now. You don't need to see it. You don't have to be a part of it because you are with me while he's carrying out the sentence on those who are left behind. That's Sukkot. It's like when when you come to Sukkot, it's like um, he puts that hedge of protection around you. Okay, so when Jesus was descending from the mount, and he was riding on the donkey, you know, what was what was everybody crying out? Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna. very good, thank you. Hosanna is a horrible translation, because it's Hoshana, which leads us into Hoshana, Rabah, which leads us into hoshanot the prayers. But, what's interesting is, I want to go a little bit about this. So this whole tradition began during the First Temple, that First Temple era, And it began during the times of the prophets. Okay? So, what was happening here is the four species, the willow, the myrrh, and the palm frond, and then the citrus fruit, were used to decorate the sukkah. So, you would build your booth, and you would decorate it with those four things. When we go to Sukkot, there's there's the first thing I want to talk about is Hoshana, right? Bring us salvation. That's what the, the prayers of the Hasha note mean, okay? So the press special prayers are recited each day of Sukkot while holding thululava Etrog. All right? That's why I had to go through that whole entire thing to show you that you already knew, even though you didn't know that you did know that in the triumphal entry it was actually this, because they did it two times a year. One, to beg God for the latter, the, the former rains, which is the, the, the fall heart, uh, the fall rain, the winter rains. And then the other one, to beg God for the spring rain, so they could have the summer harvest, okay? Everything was revolving around the rains and their agriculture. And then the willow branches, this is what's interesting. The willow branches customarily are used to beat the ground on the seventh day of Sukkot, which is, again, Hoshana Rabbah. The great salvation. Now, why willow? Okay, because when you talk about the three plants, you remember what they are, right? The willow, the myrrh, and the palm. Each one is a characteristic of a sinner. There are three classifications of sinners on the earth. Each one of those plants represent one type of sinner. The willow happens to represent the wicked. The wicked of the wicked of the wicked. So you can imagine now the citrus fruit, because it smells good, it tastes good, it blooms all year, it bears fruit all the time. That's symbolic of the righteous man. Okay? But in the in, in those three plants are symbolic of different kinds of sinners. So what they do um, is they will decorate their booth with all four of these species, all the plants. Okay? And then the priests would come and they would choose the willows, 18 foot, enormous branches of willow. Okay? And and they would bring them into the the, um, temple near the brazen altar. Everybody knows the brazen altar? Right? So when you entered into the um, tent of meeting, the first thing that you saw was the altar where they burned all the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Okay, So what the priests would do is they would take this willow and they would bring it and they would lay it around the brazen altar. And what they would do is they would take the heads of the willow and the branches would be bent over into the altar. Now understand, the altar is like fire. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The sacrifices are going. And when they have to empty the ash, they just empty the ash. They take it to the brook of Kidron and they dump it in. But they would take these 18 foot willow branches and they would hang them over the top. So I want to talk a little bit about why the willow. Now we we read in Psalm chapter one, verse one, how blessed are those who reject the advice of the wicked. Now, willow, willow is symbolic of the sinner. Now, what's important as you read Psalm chapter one, and if you read it, and we read it in its entirety when we started, how blessed are those who reject the advice of the wicked and don't stand in the way of the sinners or sit in where scoffers sit. Mm -hmm. Their delight is in Hashem's Torah. On his Torah, they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by the streams. They bear fruit in seasons. Their leaves never wither. Everything they do succeeds. Not so the wicked, who are like chaff driven by the wind. What does it say? The wicked are driven by the wind. Why? Because when you are sifted, only the pure is going to remain. The pure in righteousness. See, so if you go one step above that, it says that the righteous are like trees planted by streams. They bear their fruit in season. Their leaves never wither, everything they do succeeds. In other words, they are the citrus fruit. They're the the the, the they smell good and it tastes good. It's it's a delight in the nostrils of God himself. When you look at so- uh, song of songs and, he, and, and Solomon is talking to a Shulamite bride one of the big things is he goes down to his garden and he makes his garden smell good so that what comes out of it will taste good you see the smell and the taste are very important mm-hmm. so when you go and you build your booth during Sukkot you're putting everything on there because at one point in our lives we're going to identify with all four characteristics. We're going to identify with the wicked, we're going to identify with the scoffer, we're going to identify with the sinner, and we're going to identify with the righteous. You see, but only the righteous can enter in to the gate. So when we look at verse 3, you know, I I, I it's so awesome because when you see how God inspires men and they write things like this and then you can take what we're talking about right now. And it's almost as if he wrote this for what we're speaking about. And it's lost in Christendom. So when he takes the willow, one of the traditions is that when they take the willow, they they beat the willow on the ground. And they're doing it on the seventh day. Why? To ensure that there will be no sinner in their midst. Because God has anointed them God has invited them God has chosen them and God has redeemed them and then on Yom Kippur what does he do he atoned for their sins so what they're doing now at the brazen altar which is where the first sacrifice goes it's the first thing you do when you go in you take that sacrifice and you smash it on those horns and then you rip it wide open. That's how the sacrifice goes. Right where they're doing it, they're taking 18-foot willow branches. 18, that's pretty big, man. <laughs> the idea here is that when they put the willow there, they're going to beat it. Because God's sentence is that severe. We See, we live in a society today where God's grace is taken for advantage. Or granted. It's, it's taken for granted sorry it's taken advantage of it's taken for granted that even people walking down the street oh, I'm saved okay and and you know and I and, I, and it's it's hard because when, when you always read if somebody dies and they and and it's you know whatever oh they're now they're at peace mm-hmm. now they're how, not necessarily how do you know right. this is tough and I, I know this is not popular but the truth is, Just because you died doesn't mean you're at peace. This is just the hardcore facts of life. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds mean and I'm not trying to be mean, but you know what? This is the importance of why. Because they wanted to make sure that everybody saw. Because remember, the Israel had to bring their sacrifices. Everybody saw that these, the wicked, are going to burn in the fires that's why the tip was hanging over because the wicked are going to be burned eternally in the fire you see this is what this is this is important so when the Jews are doing this this is what i love the most then they would take these branches and then they would sound the shofar because this is symbolic it's representative of the actual second coming this is when jesus now this isn't the in gathering this is the second coming now this is when the messiah comes down from heaven on the horse and he's coming down and he is carrying out the sentence you see that he's it's no it's no more games no more mess it's him and it's israel And he's saying, you and I are going to have it out one final time. It is you and me, Israel, and everybody else, whoever they cast their lot on, you know, whatever pony they had in the race, it's about to be shown. Because I'm coming, and I'm not coming in peace. I'm coming to beat the willow. Understand that. And then he sounds the shofar, and then the priests Circle the altar. There's seven priests. Because they take seven branches. How many branches are on the menorah? Seven. 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 One branch. For each feast day. And it's saying that. The seven priests. With the seven branches. Just like the seven. The seven candles. On the menorah. They are beating it. After the sounding of the shofar, they walk around the altar one time. What happened all the way back before this was going on with Joshua? Um, Seven times Jericho. There you go. How many times did they march? Seven. <laughs> around Jericho. And on the seventh time, they went inward. Mm-hmm. Right? Walls came down. And what happened? The righteous availed. Because what did God do? He had already sent his verdict on Jericho, and now he carried it out. So, yeah, a, a couple of million people running around seven times, sounding what were they sounding? Shofar. The shofar. And they were banging on their little tambourines, but they weren't tambourines. I hate a tambourine, especially when people bring them to church, because it's the worst thing for a musician, because, man, people are not in time. And that thing cuts through a PA system and a monitor like you wouldn't believe. It was like, if you have a tambourine, go in the back of the church. Play skillfully to the Lord. Just because you can buy one doesn't mean you can play it in church. Nobody's watching, so it's okay. Right? So that's why I can say all I'm saying. Nobody's watching. Nobody. (laughs) So... That's, so we see that in, in Jericho. And then what they would do is, while circling, they would recite the following. They change it up. Ana Hashem Hoshiana, Ana Hashem Hatslicha. Nah, please God, bring us salvation. Please God, give us abundant success. Psalm 1, chapter 3, They are like trees planted by streams. They bear their fruit in season. Their leaves never wither. wither, And everything they do succeeds. The word there for success and the word here, that's why I read out of Complete Jewish Bible, is the same exact word. So they're basically responding through Psalm 1-3. Now... On the last day of Sukkot, which is the great salvation, the priests now would circle the altar seven times. And they would say the prayer, and they would, they would say the following. So you see the Hoshana prayers, right? So what they would do is they recite these. Please save for your sake our God. Please save us. It's it, it sounds weird because it's a direct interpretation out of Hebrew. Please save for your sake our Creator. Please save. Please save for your sake, our Redeemer. Please save. Please save for your sake, our Attender. Please save. So you notice there's four things there. God who's Hashem. Hashem who's the Creator. Hashem who's the Redeemer Redeemer through Yeshua. And Hashem who's the Attender. In other words, He's the one that grants success. Because He's the one that sends the rain so that they can have the harvest so on the seventh day these are the prayers that are spoken by the priests as they walk around they march around seven times so this would end the fall festival right it started in Elul 1 which began 40 days of repentance and that 40 days ended on Yom Kippur 30 days to prepare themselves for Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah would begin, a 48-hour day, then Yom Kippur, then Sukkot. As they go through Sukkot, there's, been, there's several days that we talked about. The first day is a Shabbat. The third day is celebrated because it says it in Scripture. Um, on the 17th day of the seventh month, what happened? Noah's Ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. That's the third day of Sukkot. Right? And then it goes down to the last day of Sukkot where they have, it could also be called Yom Adavah, which is the day of willow. This makes Messiah's entry into Jerusalem that much more impactful. Because mm-hmm. now you know exactly what was being said, exactly what the mindset was, and why they were waving the four species. You see, you got to understand, that was saying that you, Messiah, King of, the he- king of heaven and earth, king of the universe, as you come down, our master of all. The idea here is they were bowing like this before him because every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess Jesus as God. That's what they were doing. This is the motion. They were acting it out as a rehearsal. I mean, would you be the one, would you want to be the one to walk through the gates of heaven and say, oh, yeah, man, I know what's happening. Oh, yeah, okay. I I don't need the tour, G. I don't need it. I just need to go right through. I don't need the tour. I got it. I know what this is. I know what this is. I know what this is. My heart's with you. I'm going to go right through. I don't got to get stuck in the orientation. I don't want to get stuck in the orientation looking like this. Oh, that's what that. Oh, I don't know. Oh. You know, I might want to understand I, I, I think it's important because, listen, in today's society, we're up against the wall. Satan's not hiding. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956. Or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Rabbi Billy. He's out there. He's mocking us. He's laughing at us. He mocks us through the church itself. And I believe that God is calling a people that have the heart and the desire and the passion to go back. Because this is how he's going to build his church. His assembly in the end days. So, Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. And as we close, we'll say those words, Anna Hashem Hoshiana, ana Hashem Na." Please, God, bring us salvation. Please, God, give us abundant success. We give you glory, Father, for Hoshana Rabbah, the great salvation. We ask for your blessings as our God, our Father. Your blessings as our creator. Your blessings as our Messiah, Mashiach, Yeshua, our Redeemer. And your blessings as our attender, attender through the Holy Spirit of God, Ruach HaGodesh. And for these things, we give you glory. And we thank you for our salvation. In the precious name of Jesus, our glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the old and new covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace.